when you were not in the same room before, uh, Dave was just saying, <laughs> like, how boring you are and just how much of a prick you are in general. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Into the Spider-Verse, more than one of us wears a mask, which is true, because we all take turns wearing our mask. It's a little leather number with a zip where the mouth should be. Um, if you haven't... Oh, I, I was expecting at least one laugh. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't sure silence. where it was going. At first. <laughs> I was like, I thought that was a secret. Really <laughs> That's what it is. Nobody laughed because they were like, how could he say that and laugh? How could he reveal a deep secret? So close to Christmas as well. Uh, so if you've never heard the show before, why the hell not? Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. But there's a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, and some subpars xylophone playing this week's film on trial is spider-man into the spider-verse ozzy um spider-man's sound effect have you got one no sorry you any there we go that'll do <laughs> and just to say it will be a very spo- that was very good by the way off Thanks. the top of your head that yeah, was yeah. very good <laughs> it will be a very spoilerific episode so if you haven't seen the film yet it's still on at the cinema as we speak so you can go and watch it and then listen to this afterwards or you could just trust our judgments. Um, actually, hang on, who's, who's, um, maybe not. Um, or you could fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by Joel, which we'll highlight in the comment section below. Now, before we go on to uh, the, the, the bulk of the show, our last film on trial was The Christmas Chronicles. Austin, you judged that trial and decided that it should be placed on the hit list. Now, you've since gone away and watched the film. Did you make the right call? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> interesting! Really, yeah, didn't like yeah. it. I, I really wanted to as well. It was—I um, don't know—it was, it was exactly what Alex said. It was just like Christmas film by numbers. Yeah, okay. had everything that should be in there, but just felt forced. It was slow, and I don't know. I just wasn't into Kurt, it. Kurt Russell's the only reason why it could potentially <coughs> yeah, be a hit. Yeah. It's just not classic enough, is it? Oh that? yeah, no, yeah. It's by a long way. I think maybe if I'd watched it closer to Christmas, where mm. I, when I wasn't, I had nothing else to get on my mind. Like I've already bought presents. Maybe between Christmas and New Year, yeah, I could watch it, and I think that'd be all right. But um, not a hit, though. No, it's all hit. right. No, yeah. I think it's um, well. I don't even know if it's all right. You it lied, was, Gav. Man, I did. I did. Like, <laughs> like this is a damning verdict as well. Christmas painted by numbers by a guy who probably has never seen a Christmas no. film. <laughs> <laughs> so the only films yeah. I've watched are Christmas films on Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for that, Austin. Now, before we move on to the bulk of the show, I think it's time for a little bit of news. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, well yeah. yeah. Thanks, on. guys. Spot on, wasn't it? Yeah. Getting better. Like, well, it's only been a year and a half. <laughs> Finally getting better. Okay, right. So the Golden Globe nominations were revealed last week with A Star is Born, Vice, and The Favourite leading the nominations. Although there was also a lot of talk about snubs for favourites such as Atlanta, Widows, and once again, no nominations for female directors. So, uh, Dave, you are a big fan of award ceremonies. I, uh-huh. you, I, I often see yeah. you wearing a bow tie for any award ceremony, really. <laughs> yep. Um, 
regardless if you've been invited or not. Would you like to go into a bit more detail about the Golden Globes? Um, are you happy that some of these favorites got a lot of nominations? Are you upset that some of the other favorites didn't get any nominations? I, I'm not too fussed about snubs, to be honest with you. I saw Widows in the cinema, and it, it wasn't that great, to be honest with you. I was very disappointed. So I'm actually not too fussed that that has been snubbed, even though some people are. It's a little too soon to say whether these films deserve the nominations they've got, because they're not all released. Uh, over here yet you know they're all american releases we have to wait another couple of months but uh there's a lot of films in there that i'm quite interested to see and it really just gets a little hype going around awards season vice looks particularly good which mm, is uh, a yeah. christian bale playing dick cheney uh it's up for quite a few of the comedy awards in acting which i think looks quite good the favorite has done very well for the acting category i think got three acting nominations um so yeah it's, it's, it's shaping up and it just gives you a bit of a precursor of what might be going on uh, come oscar season as well I'm very excited about watching Vice. I think it sounds like Christian Bale's done a really good job. And I think uh, Dick Cheney is a very interesting character to do, especially in that time because, you know, he's sort of like the, the power player behind George Bush. And I think that film will be very, very interesting because I think it leads into sort of modern times as well, like how, how it's all sort of panned out since then as well. So it sounds like he's done an amazing performance. On yeah, that, so. and, uh, Sam Rockwell's nominated as well for playing oh, George W. Bush. So I didn't, I didn't even know Sam Rockwell was George yeah, he's W. Bush. George w. Bush. <laughs> that makes me want to watch it a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually saw The Favourite about two days ago and I thought it was great to be honest. Olivia Coleman, I think, is absolutely fantastic in everything yeah. that she's in. But she does a tremendous job in this, honestly. It's, oh, it's a tour de force. I thought it was going to be really sort of stuffy, serious English period piece, but it was actually really, really funny. She just brought this this in, entire like unexpected level of comedy to it, and uh, I'd highly recommend anybody checking that out. Um, Dave or, or Alex, anybody really? Uh, so, what do you think about no female directors being nominated again? I, I was thinking this, like I, I don't, I can't think of the films that were nominated. So, I'd be interested to know That's, if there were any. So were, were there any specific for, snubs to good fem- films that were directed by females? So, so the the best director uh, is going to Adam McKay for Vice, Alfonso Cuarón for Roma, Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, Peter Farrelly for Green Book. And Spike Lee for Black Klansman. When was Lady Bird? Was that last awards season? Yeah, that was last yeah. awards. See, like, because so, sometimes obviously award ceremonies can get in hot bother because, like, they should have, you know, they, they should, but also they can only work with what films they've got. Absolutely. So, well, so if it's an industry wide problem and, the, and there aren't enough female directors, awards, you can't really blame the awards unless there is an a, 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 i think the last one there were there were problems i, I, I think that, but there, there year, have been i, I, mean, have a, as, I can't have, think have you seen I think, um you were never really here mm, oh yeah no yeah i i watched that and i thought it was absolutely fantastic that was directed by lynn ramsey and i've seen the star is born which is i would say you know it, it's an it's an all right film but i wouldn't say that, that but bradley cooper should be direct um nominated for by best director not a comparison to lynn ramsey for uh, you were never really here because I watched that and I was just so so blown away by her use of because um, it's a very violent film. It's about a guy who goes on a, like a, a revenge war path, like, essentially. Joaquin Phoenix and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very very violent film, but she doesn't actually film any violence. So it's a violent film without actually showing violence. And the way she does it is absolutely fantastic. And I watched that and I was completely mesmerized by it. I saw a Star is Born and I was like, you know, what, what, what's going on? Why, why Bradley Cooper over this? But, you know, there are many other directors, both male and female, that have been overlooked. But just when you've got such a high profile one, like a Star is sure. Born. It, sure, but if it's an, it is an industry-wide problem that there aren't enough female directors. Absolutely. And um, so I think you should, if you address that, 
and then you didn't see these films coming out in the award ceremonies, that would be an issue. But I don't know, it's a bit getting the cart before the horse a bit. On that you, one. Yeah, you're yeah. always going to get a couple of nominations wrong. There's always going to be something. But I think it speaks more about the industry as a whole. Yeah. You know, the, the odd decision may go awry here or there, but we need to get more films being handed out and trusted to female directors. Yeah. And that's an industry problem. It's never really the awards. Yeah, I think it's actually, I don't want to say it's getting better, but it's got a little bit better over the past couple of years. More directing, more big directing jobs are going to female directors. And I think I think that's a, a you know really really good thing to be honest. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, a wrinkle of time um, this year, Darkest Minds as well. They were two mm. really big releases at the cinema, and uh, but as you said, it is an industry wide problem. There needs to be more more focus on female directors. The, the, there are there are other issues in Hollywood as well. Although in, you know the, the lack of female directors is a huge one. Because um, I remember last year, do you remember uh, Emma Stone got into a little bit of a pickle because she was at an award ceremony and said, "Oh great, there's no." No, you know, no female directors and no, you know, no one sort of um, minorities and like Alfonso Cuaron and Guillermo del Toro were like, oh, hang on a minute, you know, actually we are, you know, minorities in a sense. So, you know, it, it is clearly a problem, but you've also got to look at the other problems in, mm. in Hollywood as well. Yeah, and I always think the stuff like the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes, they, for me, it just, they always look to the the favorite films when you see a film coming out when for example i saw like vice uh, star is born I'm not saying that i'm not excited to see vice but i see that and i'm like well yeah that's going to be um you know uh, that's going to be a golden globe or an oscar hopeful yeah. I, and I, I, I don't know who comprises of the panels that actually think of the nominations but i do tend to think that they just kind of they're very narrow-minded mm, they it always it seems to be bit, the yeah. same names the same type of films year after year and i just think there just needs to be a bit of a reshuffle there needs to be more diversity more um, minorities more Definitely. Um, uh, female people on the female people more uh, <laughs> female fil- filmmakers directors uh, on the on the panel that actually decides the nominations yeah. and then maybe we might see a bit of a shift a bit of a change so yeah anyway Good discussion, guys. Good discussion. Moving on uh, to something a bit more lighthearted, maybe. Uh, Avengers 4 trailer just dropped last week. With it, the title was revealed as Endgame. So, Joel, you're a massive Marvelite. And that's, that's a word I think I've just made up. Um, Marvelous. Uh, Marvel. Oof, got a good All one. Right. Right. Sorry, <laughs> just woke up for a second. <laughs> um, so, what did you think of the trailer itself? Uh, and what do you think of the title? Um... I think uh, most people knew the title. I think that just c- confirmed it. Um, but I think the trailer itself was just enough to to whet people's appetites. Um, you know, uh, I thought everybody that saw you know the trailer that I spoke to was really excited about it. I think um, you know there's not too much that they can show. I don't think without giving a lot away because obviously you know a lot of people died, and I think they've got a limited amount of stuff to show on a trailer. So I thought what they did show was great. And, you know, a lot of stuff has come out of it. The amount of memes, you know, you've had uh, NASA uh, tweeting about, uh, you know, finding Tony Stark. You've then had like a, you know, Robert Downey Jr. applying to NASA. So there's a lot of stuff that's come out of just that trailer. And I think it went, hasn't it broken the record for views? It's on something like so, so many hundred million or something views or something. I don't know, but yeah. 
And how many of those hundred and odd million has been you? I just left it on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it, it kind of spoiled um, the surprise about Ant-Man? So at the end of Ant- sorry, spoiler alert, guys, but you've probably seen the trailer anyway. At the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man is trapped in the quantum realm, but in this trailer, he's he's out, he's out and about, he's having a laugh. So do you think that kind of spoils a, a little element of surprise? Like, how does he get out? He was always going to get out. Yeah, um, n- not really. I think one of the, the biggest things from that trailer was, um, you know, uh, Hawkeye has, has turned into Ronan, who's a guy whose family has all been killed, you know, by Thanos, basically. Um, and he's got a sword now rather than a bow, and he kind of looked a little bit cooler, I think, than, than Hawkeye used to. Um, so that's going to be interesting. More handsome? Um Impossible. <laughs> Alex? I, uh, like, I just thinking about Endgame. I don't think Endgame's a great title, to be honest. But, like, the, the main thing, I'm looking forward to the film. Definitely going to watch it. But it's, it is going to really piss me off if it just turns out that they turn back time and everyone's alive. And and, and I don't see how, and they are cleverer than me. They do better stories than they could. <laughs> so maybe they've got a different way of doing it. But if I'm at the cinema and they, they just turn the glove or do that Infinity <laughs> Stone and do the whole move back time yeah. and everyone's alive, that is going to really piss me off. It worked for Deadpool, though, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Barely. That bit did annoy me, to be honest. Yeah. I think what they'll do, I mean, I, this is just me imagining it, that uh, there's going to be a sacrifice. So that will happen and everybody who died will obviously come back because most of the characters <sighs> that have died have got films coming out. But aren't point? most of the people who are alive not got films coming out? Exactly. So I'm thinking that those who are alive are going to sacrifice themselves so that yeah, everybody else lives. So in, 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 in one way, you know, you're going to get like a lot of people surviving, but a lot of people dying as well. So I think it will be satisfying. But you have to expect, you can't expect that that's it. Like the half it, of the population um, of the universe. In, in an action film, if people don't stay dead, you've kind of fucked yourself, I think. And that, that, it just annoys me when... Uh, Were you annoyed when, um, when Gandalf didn't... Uh, <laughs> Joel's choking up there. <laughs> it's alright, it man. It was a long time ago. That <laughs> like, goddamn uh, Balrog every time. And to be honest, I was fucking furious. Yes. Were you annoyed at during Saw when you found out that that corpse in the middle of the room? <laughs> saw. No, that that was terrifying. I'm, I'm laughing, but I've never seen Saw. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, so okay, so thank you very much, guys. Uh, moving on to Alex's film feels. <laughs> What's that? Is that someone making a fart noise? No, it's a snore. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh thanks. <laughs> uh, right, this is a bit of a personal one because I do want people's opinions on this. So it's a bit of a, it's just a, a, a choice of three almost. Who's your favourite Spider-Man out of Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland, or what was the one in the middle again? What was his name? Andrew Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> Remember him, Forrest Andrew Gump. Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Are we saying the actual Spider-Man or Peter Parker? Because my answer would be different for both. Oh, that is interesting. Ooh. I'm going to say both. You've got to combine them and see him as a full character. Who would you go for? There is a right answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, I think it's very early days to say Tom Holland, but I think he's definitely got potential, and I think he will potentially surpass Tobey Maguire but it, other than that it's going to be Tobey Maguire but Andrew Garfield's not in the he's not in the running I think his, no. his version of Spider-Man is better than Tobey Maguire's version of Spider-Man Ooh. but I, I think as a Peter Parker um, Tobey Maguire is definitely a better Peter, Bar- Peter Parker because I think Andrew Garfield's <laughs> just like he's too cool you know he's popular he's like a really good looking guy Nothing against Tobey Maguire, but, <laughs> but um, you, you know, they, they make him look geeky, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas the, 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 
the Andrew Garfield version. It's hard like, to believe that yeah, he's Peter He's Parker. like a, yeah. a very cool guy in his own right. Um, so yeah, that would be my answer. So, so, so very I, I, measured answer. Yeah, yeah, I always yeah. found Tobey Maguire's portrayal a little weird, to be honest. I find Tobey Maguire quite weird. Really? Maybe it's because I don't get his appeal. But yeah, I, I, I like Tom Holland a lot more. He's, he seems more likable to me. He seems more easy to connect with. So like Joel says, it is very early days, but uh, I, I reckon give it a few more years and we'll all be saying Tom Holland quite comfortably. Okay, they're, they're both wrong, by the way. Uh, Ozzy? <laughs> well, I was actually going to say um, Tom Holland as well. Okay, uh, three for three. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've actually got the correct answer. Which is? It's Christopher Daniel Barnes, <laughs> who voiced Peter Parker slash Spider-Man in the animated TV series <laughs> oh, Spider-Man that ran from 1994 to 1998. <laughs> Going a lot deeper than me. Wrong again, it's Tobey Maguire. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a simple one this week. It was a simple one. I, you I actually think, um, so if we're talking about who would we like to see a spider-man or who would we have liked in the past okay yeah. there was there was a bit of a uh a, a link uh, so when they were casting the amazing spider-man donald glover went and auditioned for it and they they said mm, no pretty much you know like because he's a shit actor Donald, Donald Glover, not Donald, Danny Glover. Donald. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry that was, like, uh, can you imagine, like, sixty-six-year-old Danny Glover playing teenager I, Peter uh, Parker? I take it back. Sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, so, so they just said to him, you know, no. no and um, I read an interview with Donald Glover, and he didn't pretty much say it was more, you know, it was because, to do with race. Do you but, think it was? Uh, like, there was a, there was a subtext there that he was he was referring to, and and to be honest, hang on a minute in the comics. There's one version of Spider-Man who is Spider-Man. yeah, so 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 the, the, who features that happened. in yeah. Spider-Verse yeah. pretty heavily, yeah. That happened yeah. in um, <laughs> that happened after <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man was made. So they so you know a Spider-Man now is yeah, Miles yeah. Morales, and I think that uh, actually I might just be making this up, but I think the writers were inspired by Donald Glover. So I, I think that just would have been a really interesting take on it. I think Donald Glover's a fantastic actor, and I yeah. think he would have done a great job as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man. Do you notice there's a picture of him in uh, Miles' bedroom? Yeah. There we go, bit of yeah. trivia there. Well done. <laughs> uh, it's a direct nod to, yeah, that audition that, that should have been. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, <laughs> everyone. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to the bulk of the show. This week's film, as mentioned before, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Ozzy? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And it has not been picked at random. It's been picked by us because we fancied it. So I'm sorry to all those who have suggested films for us to put on trial, but we needed a break, okay? Get off our back. Jeez. Anyway, the roles have, however, been picked at random. And in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is Joel. Just like Spider-Man, Joel is often covered in a sticky translucent goo. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> is Spider-Man oh, even wow. covered in translucent goo? Yeah, it's, it's a little close to the bone this week. <laughs> no, that, I don't think exactly. that's the issue, Joel, on that one. Wow. And wow. in prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is Captain Dave. Just like Spider-Man, Dave can often be found dancing down the street dressed like an email <laughs> like email, email. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to see it to believe it honestly and it's quite abstract I nearly said my attachments <laughs> mate I said emo uh, emo and finger pointing at all the ladies and just like real court advocates Joel and Dave will be making the best case for their roles this may or may not however be their real opinions so do stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear their real thoughts now in the roles 
of character witnesses and lending their genuine opinions to each argument to try and throw an extra bit of weight behind them are Alex and Ozzy. As an electrician, Ozzy is a bit like Shocker, but mainly because nobody likes him. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Hang on, he hasn't done mine yet. Actually, this could get worse. Yeah, I haven't been that mean on you this week, Alex. Alex is a bit like Craven the Hunter because he dresses like he's just found his clothes at a bush. <laughs> I don't get the reference, so I'm not hurt. Okay, which, which means this week I have the most important role as I will be playing the judge. I'm a little bit like Joe, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. I'm very angry, short-tempered, and I hate things that everybody loves. And a dick. <laughs> and a dick. <laughs> Jurassic World and Avatar, by the way. Uh, now, I must decide which list the film should be placed on either hit or shit based solely on the arguments that are put to me and not using my own opinion so before we get started i think we ha- we should probably give the listeners a bit of an idea as to what the film is about and spin that wheel of impressions so here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film this week it has landed on joel and um, I, I, I don't know who, who should we ask. It's a hard one. To what be about? Honest. There's not what really about kingpin. No. Um, just sound as menacing as I can. Just a, yeah. a menacing brother. Do the shocker. Oh, you just put your hands yeah. over your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can do it, man. You can do it. Hey. Come on, come on. You can do it. <laughs> Deep breath. Miles Morales became the Spider-Man of his reality and crosses paths with his counterparts from other dimensions to stop a threat to all reality. That was done very well because yep. it was actually really tough. I couldn't even remember how Kingpin spoke. I Never could I. Actually. Actually. <laughs> I, I literally watched it yesterday. Okay, so without further hesitation, allow me to kick off proceedings. And I think we should start with Joel as the defence Okay, well, I'm going to start off hard in this defense. <laughs> Please, good. Please do. As the judge, I want to see it as hard as it gets. <laughs> okay, so this is one of the best animated films ever. Um, it's possibly one of, it's possibly, sorry, the best Spider-Man film ever as well. Oh. Um, it was made, obviously, by somebody who loves and respects the character um, and what Spider-Man means to people. And that kind of love shines through pretty much every scene in this film. Uh, so just to hit you with a few facts to start off with, the uh, over the opening weekend, the international box office figures were $56.4 million. Uh, which is the highest opening for an animated film in December, which if you think about all the holiday releases and, um, you know, that come about every December, that's, you know, not really a a small feat there. And from the get-go, from like the opening 30 seconds of the film, you know you're watching something new and it's incredibly witty. So the opening 30 seconds, it'll just suck you in completely. It shows you uh, kind of animated versions of the previous film. So you get like an animated version of... Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. Um, like, you get the little uh, dancing scene from Spider-Man 3 um, <laughs> in there as well. And the whole story is just completely fresh. I think that's one thing that you can say about this film. Like, you know, no matter what Spider-Man you like best, the, the stories, the origin stories, they all have similar aspects here. It's just completely different. You know, Miles Morales is a black Latino kid. He's the central hero, and he becomes the new Spider-Man. Uh, obviously, as the title and trailer allude, alludes to, uh, the film has got m- multiple Spider-Men in it, but the good thing about having Miles as the main character 
is it's that essentially it's a coming of age story. His body can do things that he can't quite control yet. Uh, it doesn't all go to plan. You know, he doesn't just get bitten by the spider and he's instantly like this superhero. He, he can't instantly jump over buildings, use his web. He struggles with sticking to walls. You know, he can sometimes walk up walls, but he doesn't realize how to unstick himself, that type of thing. Uh, and he's got the, all the other Spider-Men to advise him uh, and give him help. But ultimately, it's all about Miles and kind of coming to grip with, with these new powers that he's got. Uh, not long into the story, the original Peter Parker actually dies. And like I said, Fresh is something which uh, you will just associate with this film because I've, I've never seen that before in uh, any version of Spider-Man. And when it's broadcast on all the news networks, it's a really great scene. Uh, New York kind of comes to a standstill. Everybody stood around, you know, crying, looking at the phones, the news screens in Times Square. And it's a really poignant moment. And it's got a great use of, of music in there as well. And shortly after that, uh, kind of like the town is is gathering to, uh, you know, commemorate Spider-Man or Peter Parker's memory. And Mary Jane kind of states that any and all of us could be Spider-Man. And, and it's a powerful kind of message there. And it's a, like a little reminder that all of us have, have the power to help people. Uh, and there's messages throughout this film. There, there really is. There's a, a lot of kind of subliminal messages running through the, the entire thing. Even Kingpin, who's the main villain here, his motivations are just surprisingly deep for the type of film that it is. Basically, he's lost his family uh, and he's trying to pull a version of his family from another dimension because he misses them so much. And that's where, you know, the, the kind of all the all the dimensions fracture and you get kind of the multiple versions of Spider-Man and that type of thing. Uh, there are great surprises in the film. You know, there's some really uh, different and uh, fresh takes. There's a female, Dr. Octavius. You know, there's uh, different spider powers, which are all fun and exciting to see. There's really great comedy moments on there as well. It, it genuinely is like a laugh out loud and you'll just be smiling all the way through uh, this entire film. Uh, but the main point and something which the film is going to live and die on, the animation, and it's just absolutely insane. It really is kind of a magical animation style. There's several different styles at once. Um, the the overall style is exceptional, and then in certain sequences you'll get like original comic book style where um, kind of it's like a frame by frame almost. Uh, there are every kind of version of Spider-Man in there is animated differently as well. Uh, special nod to the noir spider-man uh, who looks really really great uh but like i say there's a different style for each type of spider-man you've got like the looney tunes type of spider-man uh, you've got like the japanese animation uh type of spider-man who, who kind of lives in that little robot type thing uh some of it sounds corny but it's actually done so well that it's just an absolute it's a visual treat really uh, as I mentioned, there's just something for everybody here. It's not a kid's movie by any stretch of the imagination. Kids will definitely enjoy it, but there's 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 things in there for adults. You know, uh, it's just a film for absolutely everybody. And it's one of those films, really, that no matter your age or interests, you can just sit back and you can just enjoy it. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll leave the you'll leave the uh, the theater with a big smile on your face for sure. Well, thank you very much for that, Joel. Right, so, Dave, right, um, Joel's mm-hmm. raised some very interesting points there. He says that this film is new, it's fresh, it's stylish, every Spider-Man feels different, they're all drawn differently, it's witty, it's funny, it's also poignant. There's so many important themes running throughout. Um, it, it, uh, Spider-Man doesn't know how to unstick himself. 
he's coming to grip with things it sucks you off I mean, sorry I mean sucks you, <laughs> sucks you in this is a very blue episode this one. <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, the, the genuine mistake Dave genuine mistake so, um, so how would you counter that uh, well, I'm going to talk about animation in my second point, because that is kind of, it's a real uh, bugbear I have with this film, the animation style. So I'll cover that in my second. So I just want to talk about the general plot of the film. Um, Joel says it's completely fresh, and but then went off to describe the, the superhero coming-of-age story, essentially, which we've seen so many times before. It, it All together, it doesn't really come off that fresh. It's the same superhero tropes being recycled and used again and again and again. And the thing is, the superhero genre is so saturated at the moment. It's like it, it, Marvel uh, making a number of superhero films, DC are getting in on the action as well. And here's another one now coming out of the blue, and it just uses the same superhero coming to terms with their powers sort of scenario, and it never really delivers anything nuanced, never really brings anything new to the table. And it had the potential to do so, because like Joel says, you know, it's a different uh, Spider-Man. Miles Morales is in the comics. Uh, he is a bit of a fan favourite. Um... And yeah, he comes to light after the supposed death of Peter Parker in the comics. That's what happens in this film as well. But whereas it would have been a great chance there for him to have a bit of interaction with Peter Parker, Peter Parker dies, and he becomes Spider-Man. No, because of this multidimensional thing, the, the producers basically bottled it and brought Peter B. Parker in from another dimension. And he is essentially just Peter Parker. He's a carbon copy, apart from this guy's got brown hair, whereas the original Spider-Man had blonde. And it's just, he's guided... Miles uh, is guided basically through his coming of age to become Spider-Man by Peter Parker. Yeah, okay, the other one may have died, but this is essentially Peter Parker. It's just from a different dimension. And it it, it could have been so much more. It just kind of bottled it at the last minute, I think, and just thought that they almost had a Spider-Man movie without Peter Parker, and then they made him the main focus and shifted the track away from Miles, who could have been a really compelling protagonist had he gotten a bit more screen time in that respect. I think... Spider-Man's got a great range of villains as well, and I don't think nearly enough of them are used in this. It seems to focus more on the gimmicky Spider-Man coming in from other dimensions. Like Joel mentioned, the uh, the cartoon pig version of Spider-Man. He comes in, Spider-Man Noir, who's all in black and white. You've got anime, like Spider-Girl sort of thing. You've got a Gwen Stacy version from another alternate reality. And it's just... Joel says it sounds corny, and it does, and it kind of is to be honest with you. It's just like, it is designed purely for kids, I think. I don't think many adults will get much from this. You know, it's just like, oh, isn't the, isn't the cartoon Spider-Pig funny? All in all, it just misses its potential, and it did have potential, but I think the producers just kind of bottled it last minute. All right, well, thank you very much, Dave. Okay, so character witnesses, Alex and Austin. Um, so starting with, with you, Austin, Joel says this is the best animated film ever. And it's the best, it could Ever. be the best spot. Well, that's what you said. He <laughs> said it's one of the best. He says it's one of the best films ever. Right? He's just realised that Fern Gully was made. So he's got <laughs> uh, Now, what, what, what do you think? I mean, are people going to be talking about this film in, say, 50 years to come? Are people going to be remembering it as one of the best, if not the best Spider-Man films ever? I think that this is going to be right up there as one of the best Spider-Man films. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was, um, I, I, I mean, I don't disagree with what, Davis said either that it's not necessarily fresh because the story is the same story, but it's told in such it is told in a fresh way, and I actually felt like this was uh, it was it was new. It felt new. It felt um, it felt like a nice new way to tell the same story. Again. So was it a new yeah. way of telling an old story? Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and you didn't feel at any point that it was uh, same old, same old? And there was one little bit, because, I mean, I th- the thing as well is it's repetition, because, you know, it's designed for kids. It's a, it's a PG, and there's a... There's the, the a lot of the comedy is that it's a repetition of the same joke it's not throughout. Blue. It's not blue. Very There's no much really not. jokes in it. No, I mean, <laughs> hopefully none of the the kids who went to watch the film are going to listen to this okay, episode yeah. of the podcast. But um, but it, it it's it's good. It is funny and it is fresh. I thought it was new. Yeah. yeah. By the way, guys, uh, there is explicit language in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a bit late to tell you that. The only person with explicit language, mate, is you. I have not said any swear words. I've just made grotesque references. <laughs> uh, Alex, okay, so one thing that Dave mentioned, which alarmed me, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, was that the producers kind of bottled it a little bit. They had the opportunity to focus on a really interesting fan favorite character in Miles Morales, and instead they shifted focus to same old, same old peter parker and there was a scene in it where peter parker died but then they kind of they they copped out and essentially they brought in another peter parker from another universe does that kind of resemble what you were talking about with avengers affinity war before well i mean you know dave made a good point when he was saying about how you know the same old superhero tropes being done again and again and i think that's what a lot of superhero films sort of fall into uh, in a way, I don't know, I'm a bit on the fence with this, to be honest, because uh, in a way, part of me thinks it's quite an interesting way to bring Miles Morales. I'm not sure how many people who don't follow Spider-Man know who Miles Morales is. So I think if you just sort of went fresh with the Miles Morales story, people might just be like, hang on, who's who's this? So maybe it was an interesting way of bringing him in, but yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm a bit undecided about this. Bringing in Peter Parker may have been a really good way to introduce this new character. It may have been just, you know, going back on the same old and not sort of, not bottling it. I'm a bit on the fence on that one, to be honest. Sorry. So you think that it, it, you needed Peter Barker there to do the sort of passing of the torch, but maybe less of a focus on Peter Parker himself? I think it would have been, I think it makes it more accessible that Peter Parker's there. Okay, so he needs to be there to drive the story. Yeah, yeah, he's also a different Peter Parker. And there was Peter there, um, B. Parker, we know well, this, he, mate. He's, he's got different hair, he's a different character. Well, he is. He was a different character. He was very much a different character. Like, the Peter Parker that died was, like, the perfect Spider-Man. And this guy was, like, the opposite. Yeah, so so this is this is uh, one of my next points, actually. But the Peter Parker in this, in this uh, film is kind of like a slob. Like, everyone comments he's overweight. He sits there eating pizza and stuff all day. He's got, like, a bit of a belly on him. Um, so, like I said, the word fresh just it is a perfect description of this, if you, if you ask me. And maybe not fresh in terms of if you're looking at it as, as a superhero film, but, you know, if you're looking at it like a Spider-Man film, it, it's completely fresh and it'll just feel, you know, extremely new watching this. Thank you very much, Joel. Uh, however, I don't remember asking you for your opinion, <laughs> so points will be docked for that. Uh, now moving on to the second point. Uh, Dave, would you like to go first as the prosecution? Yes, please. Uh, so the bit I want to talk about here is animation. Now, obviously, we talk about cinematography on the podcast, we talk about direction, all of that is kind of encompassed in an animation, in an animated movie by the style of animation, by what the, uh, the storyboards have been designed to look like. And like Joel said, they do something very different here. What they essentially did was they CGI'd the film, which is nothing uncommon these days, but then they went over it, in some cases by hand, uh, to make it look more like uh, a comic book. So it, like, immerses you into a comic book. That in itself, we've seen animated films designed like comic books before, but this was a different way of doing it, I will, and I will give them kudos for that. This is something new in the terms of animation style, but I don't think it worked. And my big problem was is that it was an absolute headache to watch. It was blurry. I noticed this one thing really got to me. It felt like 
I should have been watching this in 3D. It felt like I was watching a 3D movie without the glasses at times because although you're, you're, whoever is in the, the main forefront of the picture, whoever your main character is, you're focused on at that point, may be crystal clear. Everything around them is blurred. It's like there's three different... It, it, it's, it's, like, it's like watching a 3D film but without the glasses on. That's exactly how, how to describe it. And you're, so your peripheral stuff is all kind of blurred and kind of a bit nauseating to watch, to be honest with you. And when you think this is such a long film... It's, it clocks in at nearly two hours, and it, which is long for a kid's animated film. It's it's a bit of a headache having to watch that style of animation for that long. I think this was a very interesting experiment, but ultimately that's all the film really was. It was an experiment in this new animation style, and the results were, unless you're five, it's a bit hard to watch for extended periods of time. You know, it was a great idea. It really was something new, but ultimately it just... It, it's. It feels like, you know, they they rendered all the backgrounds for 3D and the producers have come out and said, oh, we, we don't think this film should be watching anything other than 3D. Uh, then why have they released a 2D <laughs> version of it? It begs the question, because I went to see it in 2D without this knowledge and had yeah, quite a headachey experience as a result. So maybe they should have just solely released this in 3D. You know, it's all well and good trying to come up with something new with regards to animation, but it needs to at least be watchable. And it's like, it's like, it's, uh, it's pretty much the same effect. You know, like I said, kudos for trying something different really. And they did, but this ultimately experiment, I think this could have backfired because at the end of the day, an animated film, you've got to talk about the style of animation and they didn't bring anything new to the table in terms of making it like a comic book, but the actual animation style with the pixels over the CGI, it's, it's too much for two hours. Are you sure you didn't go in and see the 3d version of it without the glasses? I, I wish. <laughs> Can we be certain, no, Dave? I wish. No, no, hundred percent. I, I see that. <laughs> so, so Austin's just written "old man Dave" on a piece of paper. Um, Very childish, <laughs> but apt. No, uh, no, and I'm joking. Uh, so, d- Dave. So, what it sounds like to me is: Did you ever see a scanner darkly? No. Yeah, right. I did. Just shut that right down. <laughs> okay, uh, Alex. Did you think it was like a scanner darkly? Um, I thought the animation. Did you, Alex? Was, I thought the animation was pretty fresh on this one. If I'm right, moving on, sure. Okay, Joel. Um, so I mean, just to kind of counteract Dave's point there, like I, I couldn't disagree more. I think even if you don't like superhero films or Spider Man, and you're a fan of animation, just go and watch it because it, it it'll blow you away. Uh, but I actually want to talk about. Uh, the cast and the characters, which is something we always talk about. Uh, so the voice acting here is superb. It's kind of second to none. Uh, I'll p- probably butcher some of these pronunciations, unfortunately, but Shamik Moore, I think it is, uh, brings Miles to life in a really, really spirited way. You'll almost forget you're watching animation. The tones in his voice perfectly match the facial expressions. It's as if uh, the kid was sat in front of you. Jack Johnson is Peter Parker. He's great, uh, as I kind of alluded to before. He's kind of a lazy, more overweight version of Peter Parker, who's kind of a little bit jaded uh, with his life. Um, and he's kind of lost his, uh, well, the love of his life, Mary Jane. So he is, as I say, he's, he's a little bit down on life. I wouldn't say he's depressed. He's just um, kind of a little bit lost. And I, I thought that was uh, a really, really good take on Peter Parker as well. And it was just fun seeing a new imagining of Peter rather than this kind of upbeat guy who uh, always comes out on top and he always gets the girl and that type of thing. Uh, the Kingpin, 
again, I'm, I'm going to butcher this one. You might have to help me out, Dave. Liev Schreiber. Liev Schreiber. Liev Schreiber. Um, and Catherine Hahn uh, will make you wonder why, you know. <laughs> like, Joel, you just you didn't repeat what Dave said. <laughs> Dave gave the pronunciation, you went, yeah, ba ba ba. Well, you should have just glossed over that guy, thanks. <laughs> um, but anyway, thanks for that rude interruption. Uh, Catherine Hahn will make you wonder why Dr. Octopus wasn't always female. She's just a really, really menacing character. Um, the supporting cast compromises of Spider-Man Noir, which is Nicolas Cage, who, you know, let's be honest, everyone loves. Uh, Peeny Parker, or Penny Parker, I call her Peeny though, um, who is Kimiko Glenn. Spider-Ham and Gwen Stacy, both played by Hayley Steinfield, and a really kind of badass reimagining of Aunt May in Lily Tomlin. Like I said, fresh. They're all just completely new characters. Even Aunt May is a completely new version of Aunt May that we've never seen before. They're just a fantastic addition uh, to the universe. They propel Miles' narrative just enough, but they still hold their own. Every performance in this film is pitch perfect. Uh, But somebody who I want to give a special mention to is Brian Tyree Henry, who is Miles' dad. Uh, Jefferson, and he is just exceptional. You know, he hits you in the feels. You know, he'll have, he'll have you laughing out loud as well. He's just a really, really uh, done a great job with that character. Uh, and what Austin was saying before, uh, each spider person introduces themselves in the same way, making for kind of this uh, funny uh, kind of running gag. It's, they basically say, like, for the past, you know, two years or whatever, I've been the one and only Spider-Man. And they they have this kind of... Uh, same thing whenever they meet um but it's not a battle for the title of who's the best spider-man they all kind of take solace if you like in the fact that they've all dealt with the same type of stuff uh, but they all have this um you know little bit which makes them unique so for example you know peter parker well a spoiler alert but miles loses his uncle in the film uh he's killed and all the spider people say, oh, you know, we know what you're going through. Peter Parker says, oh, I lost Uncle Ben. Um, you know, Spider-Man Noir says something like, oh, I lost my dad. And Gwen Stacy says, oh, I lost my best friend. So they, they all have, they've all shared like the same type of thing, but there's something about each of them which makes them unique. And as I say, it's just something which runs through the entire film. You'll feel like you're watching something completely new. Everything's a fresh take from the characters to the world to the universe. And it's just worth seeing. Thank you very much for that, Joel. Um, can I can I just say that credit where credit is due? John Mulaney played Spider Ham, not Haley Seinfeld. Ah, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did see that uh, that John Mulaney was in it as well. I think also Donald Glover was a uh, shocker. Was he? Yes. Oh wow! What a great cast, to be honest. Um, sorry, uh, sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if a judge just went, "Shit, that was really." <laughs> anyway, carry on. We, we, we you defence right here. <laughs> D- Dave, Dave, I noticed that you were very quiet about Nicolas Cage being in this film. He's barely in it. Oh, he's barely oh, in it. Dave. No, no, no. He's, he's all right. The voice acting is fine. It really is. I've got nothing to say about that. And the casting—they've done some good calls there. Fine. But, uh, I fine. saw you sat there with an erection when Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas Cage, all well and good. He's got about a dozen lines in it. If that, it's uh, it's quite a small role, but it's a nice little cameo from Nicholas Cage. I will grant you. Okay, so um, Austin. Uh, so my first question really is going to be about the animation. Now, two very very contrasting points here. Joel said it was very fresh. 
each Spider-Man had their own sort of style of animation and it felt unique and it felt like you were reading a comic book. Dave said that it was just too much. It was a bit of a mess. They tried to go for something new and original, but it just came off as a bit of a blur. It felt like he was watching a 3D film without glasses on. What do you think it did? I, did you find it distracting? I felt like it was busy. Yeah. So, and there were times when I thought, oh, that was a bit much. But then I thought, you know, it's quite clever. I'm not someone, I don't do drawings, as you've just seen by my crude... Um, crude cocking balls in the uh, on the piece of paper there i'm not much of a uh, <laughs> so I, much I, of a I, I just i for one missed the cocking balls <laughs> i also missed the cocking balls um, but no, but you know but i uh, i didn't i didn't really notice the blurriness but i just when uh, dave mentioned it then i quickly went back to look at the trailer and, and it is it is there genuinely um and i and i couldn't put my finger on what was disconcerting about watching it at the time maybe it it's the fact like that joel had an erection while you're watching it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's so um i can see both sides that i felt like it was fresh and i felt like it was a really because it is all animated it was really clever it felt like you were what it could have it could easily have been filmed you got the feeling of depth and i watched it in 2d as well um but it is a little disconcerting because there are three lines on all of the things in the background it, oh, really? it is blurry did it detract so, from your enjoyment though n- no mm, but, but, but I could understand why somebody might find it distracting. I had, there was only me in the cinema to watch it, so <laughs> I could just watch them, but there was nothing yeah. else to like. You could no look, at anyone to look at it and go, is this blurry to you? You know, so I just watch it anyways. But it was really good. And there were times where that really works and you think, shit, this, it felt like it was, it was ultimate, ultimate animation. It was like being in, it was like being inside of a computer game. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but then there were other times where you're like, oh, this is, but I think it's because it's a shock of the, of the styles. You know, there's loads of different styles. There's times where, like, the kapow bits... Is it maybe you enjoyed it so much, your glasses steamed up and then it got a bit blurry? And then they cleared and you were like, wow, and then they got blurry again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope I, so. I, I, I'm just imagining now, it, yeah. like, if there would have been other people in that audience, oh, yeah. Ozzy <laughs> turned around to, like, a six-year-old saying, hey, do you think this is blurry? <laughs> <laughs> or is it just me? <laughs> hey, kid! <laughs> That's how I got my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> and the band poster on the wall. And yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so, Alex, right. Yes. Uh, one of, of the things that I think that both Joel and Dave agree on, maybe to, to different extents, is the voice cast. Did you think that they, they were well, uh, they, they were good picks? Do you think that any of them maybe didn't do a good job and it detracted from the performance? No, I don't think it detracted from the performances. I, th- I thought everyone did a pretty good job. And also, there's a, like when it's such a big cast and they're, you know, you've got such names in there, like, you know, Lily Tomlin, I think is she's a very, she's a big name. Uh, and you've got, you know, like, I know it's only, a, I think, uh, I always say this wrong, Mahashala Ali. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just think when you have got those sort of caliber of performers, it's going to be hard. I don't think Dave was saying either that they weren't great performances. That they are very good performances. So no, for, for the voice performances, I'd say it was a, it was a very good cast. So it's going to be hard to mess that one up. And the animation. Um, I know what Dave meant because uh, you know it's quite busy at times, but also it's quite nice to see fresh animation out there. You know, I think there's a thing in in especially. Do you remember in the day when it was try- animation was just trying to be as like photorealistic as possible? <sighs> so I think I now we're, we're enjoying the fact that you've got like all of these different animation styles you, on the screen you're thinking at back one time. Fangolia again, <laughs> <laughs> Avatar, Fangolia. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard right. to tell. 
<laughs> okay, I'm going to cut you off there, Alex, because um, you, you're bullshitting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to give both Joel and Dave one minute to do their closing statements, uh, starting with Joel, and your minute starts now. Just go and watch this film. It is absolutely sensational. The animation style will blow you away. It's a completely fresh take on Spider-Man. Just seeing all the different versions of Spider-Man, Spider-Women, Peter Parker. You've got Miles Morales, a completely fresh Spider-Man. Um, you know, a black central character playing a superhero uh, isn't something that many people are accustomed to. Hopefully it's, um, you know, the the start of a, a building block in that kind of uh you know, arena of films. So you just won't regret it. Like I say, there's something for absolutely everybody here. It's not marketed at children. I don't think even if you're an adult, um, you will love this film. And I, for one, can't wait to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, Dave, your minute starts now. Thank you. For all of its attempts at nuance, it still wheels out the same tired superhero cliches. The superhero genre, like I mentioned before, is saturated at this point, and I understand why they tried to do something different in terms of the animation. Uh, But another superhero origin story is just another superhero origin story at the end of the day, and it fails to bring anything truly unique to the table aside from that animation, which could be argued as its biggest failure. It's just another superhero learning to believe in themselves all over again. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever every other Spider-Movie can, and nothing more. (laughs) Oh, shit. With a flourish as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Dave. Um, Joel, uh, I need some time to think about this, so I believe you've got a quiz. I have, and it's a spidery-themed quiz. I was in two minds. Should I do a quiz about spiders, or should I do a quiz about (laughs) Spider-Man? About famous men. Um, it, you're the only one who thinks about men, Ozzy. I know, but I do it all the time. All of the time. Just... Uh, well, moving on from that, we did do a quiz about Spider-Man. So this is about all the Spider-Man films, uh, not including uh, Enter the Spider-Verse. So we've got 10 questions here. We're going to start off with question one. So this is about Stanley cameos, the great Stanley. All of these are valid cameos, but not all of them are in a Spider-Man film. You just have to tell me which one. So a librarian, a street vendor, a security guard, or an annoyed neighbor. Security so guards. Three of those are in uh, Spider-Man films. One of them isn't. Gav says security guard. Anyone else? Could you read them again again? Librarian, security guard. Street vendor, an annoyed neighbor. Uh, annoyed, we're going to rule that annoyed neighbor. Annoyed neighbor. Annoyed Neighbours from Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. So you're out, Brucey. I think Fuck. it. That's me as well. I'm going to go with Librarian. Libra- oh, no, because that was in the other Toby, what's his face? Tom Holland one, wasn't it? No, Librarian was the amazing Spider-Man. Oh. So, Gav, you were right. Do, do you know where the security guard is from? It's from the Hulk film, the Ang Lee one. So you're saying nice. that it was it, oh, very clever. Well, Gav's half right. It's from Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, but he was also secured the guard in, in Hulk by Ang Lee, so don't cheat on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so this question, what is the highest grossing out of the Spider-Man films and how much do you think that is? Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3, yeah. I'm going to go saying? with Homecoming as well. And Spider-Man 3, so Dave and Gav, are you going to make a guess for how much? Uh, I, w- I want to say 870-odd million. The, the total gross of the film. Yeah. 
925 million. Oh, Gareth was so nearly right. 890 million. Oh, wow. hey. Man. I know a lot about Spider-Man 3. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, so what what movie has the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes and what is the score? So we're not including Spider-Verse, which is 97%. Wow. Just throw that in there. Just yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Spider-Man 2, 86. Yeah, I want to say Spider-Man 2 as well. I'm going to say Homecoming. I'm going to say Homecoming. You're just sticking with Homecoming yeah, yeah, in yeah. the hope that it's right. So it is Spider-Man 2, oh, uh, yes. and it was 93%. Yes! Oh, shit, wow. That's really, that's um, nice. Spider-Man 2 won an Oscar <laughs> for what? Best uh, visuals, maybe? Oh, no, hang on. No, one. I was going to say best no. kiss, but that was MTV. <laughs> <laughs> Teen Spider-Man, choice. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 won an Oscar. For what? Best what? visuals? Sound effects editing. Music. Yeah, Gabby on Spidey Fire, eh? best visuals. Wow. That's right, man. Um, Spidey Fire. <laughs> eat, eat, eat my web. <laughs> what Spider-Man was the most expensive to make and how much did it cost? Ooh, Spider-Man Ooh. I'm going to say Homecoming. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I, I, I want to say three, but it might have been one of the Amazings, but I'm going to say three. Uh, I'm going to say the Amazing Spider-Man 2. So it's Spider-Man 3, and Ooh. does anyone want to guess how much? Uh, 400 million. 500 million. 363 million. <laughs> Dave, do you want to guess? 362 million. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Dave. Two, 258 oh, million. <laughs> okay, is a relatively easy one, but it might catch a few people out. What is the name of Peter Stark's designed suit from Infinity War for Spider-Man? Iron Spider. Iron Spider, yeah. Correct. Yes, uh, I actually guessed <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> True or false? Spider-Man is Barack Obama's favorite superhero. True. False. False. Hulk. False. It's true. Well done, Ozzy. <laughs> Why did you say Hulk? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it seems like Obama would like him. So, the main bad guy in Homecoming is the Vulture. Can you tell me his real name? Michael Keaton. Oh. <laughs> Mike, Michael Douglas, technically. <laughs> he had to change his name as well. I think his name is John Vulture. John, John Vulture. Vulture. Any, any advances on John oh, Vulture? I forgot Derek his name. Vulture. Um, yeah, Derek Vulture. <laughs> it is Adrian Toomes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, to the nearest 10, how many animators worked on Into the Spider Verse? Oh. 10 180 150 i think 210 dave's nearly right 140 which is the largest ever crew used by sony animation um and then this (laughs) this isn't based on the films but more of a general question it's the nearest year when was spider-man's first appearance appearance in what appearance full in, stop. in comics or in cinema in the comics 1977 in a children's birthday party 1964 1968 oh if you'd just gone one below Dave Me? it was 1962 oh, oh shit so I, th- I think we'll yeah. give that to Dave yeah. what do you want about <laughs> <laughs> well it's, done, Dave. it's giving Gav move on <laughs> <laughs> alright well yeah that's, that's drastically changed my birthday <laughs> So thank you very much, Joel. Um, yeah, so a uh, very interesting debate. Um, uh, Joel had some very, very valid points, but then he shit all over me during the quiz. So uh, Dave, um, <laughs> no, I, I understand Dave's point. Uh, there's nothing that I hate more than watching something, especially when you're really close up in the cinema and it's just really jarring.
jarring and it feels like you're having a headache and it's just really I poorly it when it feels like you've got a headache but you just don't know if you have uh, yeah and I, I just i just you know it just reminds me of avatar to be honest and uh oh, easy I, I think i think my hatred for that is just maybe clouding <laughs> my judgment over. Um, just because you've mentioned Fern Gully like four times. <laughs> 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 know, yeah. Sorry, just sly avatar digs. Um, so, yeah, I think Dave, uh, just as Ozzy's drawn a giant penis on uh, on his pad, I, I just want us to remember what's important about superhero films. And for me, I, I do actually like the coming of age story. And, you know, it's been told many, many times and it will be told many more times. But I'm a sucker for Marvel films. I will happily go and see the same film over and over and over again. And yeah, so that doesn't bother me at all. The only thing that would bother me really would be the animation. But uh, Austin said it didn't really affect his enjoyment. Both Joel and Austin said they really, really liked it. Alex was lying because I don't even know if he's seen the film or not. <laughs> yeah, but I lied convincingly. And, and... So with that in mind, I think I'm going to place it on the hit list. So congratulations. Oh, fuck. I, uh, <laughs> congratulations, Thanks, Joel. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so honest opinions. Uh, Joel, did you like it as much as you said you did? Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely amazing. And I think Dave loved it too. Dave? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no I, way that you thought a cameo by Nicolas Cage was just all yeah, right. No, no. He only has a few lines. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, pretty much, I pretty much lied through my teeth on that one. I really had to nitpick to find fault with this film. Yeah, the animation can be slightly distracting maybe, but that is seriously nitpicking. The casting is great. The voicing is, is superb. Uh, the plot is fantastic. It does bring something nuanced to it. It's just the right amount of, of camp, the right amount of fun. And I have to say, it's I know it's uh, probably the first Stanley cameo we've had since his passing, but this one really hit home. This is definitely one of the best yeah, Stanley really. cameos, without a doubt. Okay, so um, who do you think lied more than you or Alex? Uh, probably Alex, but still, I, I, was, I was close behind. I mean, you did know I hadn't seen it, and you've asked me fucking follow-up questions. So I don't really know what you want me to do there. But you did I, such I a good just, job. I such was a just staying job. quiet. I, I, I mean, I thought you would have at least watched the trailer, but, you know, anyway. Yeah, not yet. Um, so... <laughs> Higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was The Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> higher. That's higher. Right, yeah, let's guess Everyone a little higher. higher. Right, well, whatever was to tell you that The Christmas Chronicles was 7.2 on IMDb. I'd be Still shocked. higher. I'd be shocked. I'm going to go for nine. Nine? Anybody else? I'm going to go way up there, nine as well. Nine, I'm going to say, yeah. It has just been released, so it's not accurate, you know. Oh, oh I'm going to say 9.6. All right, Mr. Grinch. It's uh, 8.8. So pretty good, okay. pretty good. So once again, I put a poll up on Twitter and asked uh, our friends and followers over the weekend which list Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse should be placed on. A seismic seventy-nine percent of you told us that it deserves to be on the hit list. Mm-hmm. So good call by me. Thank you. Well done, Gav. <laughs> Thanks, Gav. Saw through my lies. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we uh, call it a, a, a day, it's time for a caption contest. So what we do here is I take a screenshot of the film and I put it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a chocolate frog-shaped treat. And the image that I've used this week is Spider-Man jumping backwards out the window as if to say, see you later, lads. Uh, and you guys have just got to decide which is the funniest, starting with Bye Bye Brits. I'm spinning off back to Gotham City. Not even my spider powers can solve Brexit. 
<laughs> so, I mean, some of that was funny, but some of it was plain inaccurate. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But can David Lee Roth bend his knees this far? <laughs> um, that's the last time I try emo dancing on a balcony. Uh, uh, Mrs. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? Uh, hang loose, bitches. Um, look, I have Bendy Sonic the Hedgehog legs too. My buddy says, MJ, wait right there. All of this will be right back. Oh, I don't know what's that one about. Come on, guys. Uh, and uh, last one here is Spider-Man is not a party trick. But watch this. <laughs> what do you guys reckon? Um, I'm an 80s rock fan. I'm going to give it to David Lee Roth. Anybody else? I'm happy to go with Dave. Dave uh, deserves a... He did a really good job of trying to argue that. I can let Dave can pick this one. Okay, right. Well, congratulations. <laughs> to our, <laughs> congratulations to our good friends, uh, Mouse and Ween's podcast. Uh, they sent us a delightful Christmas card. So uh, well done. Oh, on yeah, thank you very it. much yeah. for that. That was lovely. Thank you very much. Um, so, so congratulations on Win the Captain Contest. A lovely frog-shaped treat will be on its way to you shortly. Okay, so just before we call it a day, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends, Boobies and Newbies podcast, uh, hosted by Kelly Reynolds with the succession of her friends as guests each week. It's a podcast that reviews and discusses romance novels, um, but it kind of explains them for for novices. It's, it's very funny and it's really, really interesting as well, especially if you're not a big romance novel reader like myself. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend checking these guys out. Follow them on Twitter at booby podcast so before we call it a day we haven't drawn the next film out of the hat at random this time instead we're going to have a christmas special episode so what we're going to do is we're going to answer the age-old question of is die hard a christmas film yes okay thanks no No. so um we have randomized the roles uh, and arguing that die hard is a christmas film will be myself and joel and arguing that die hard is not a christmas film will be brucey and captain dave mm-hmm. which means ozzy you are the loose cannon you're going to be acting always, as judge always, always, always the loose cannon. Yeah. <laughs> so it could go either way so thank you very much everybody who, who's listened to this episode so far i uh, just want to give a bit of a shout out to our collaborators austin ray and winston sang you can follow them on twitter at aussie ray and at the underscore quirks that's our music producer and graphic artist respectively follow us on twitter at film trials you can suggest a film for us to put on trial and we'll whack it in the hat and get around to reviewing it uh, you can also check us out on any podcasting platform any sort of social media films on trial it's all great so we have put spider-man into the spider-verse on trial it is on the hit list and we will be in your ears next week with Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes or no? Thanks, everyone. Goodbye.